daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. And let the young women come to whom I shall say, Please let down your jar and make drink. And who shall say, Drink and I will water your candles. Let her be the one in whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. So, pretty interesting way to get along. And, you know, I'll hang out at the, at the well, and when somebody comes, we'll, we'll put this whole thing together, right? And, but if you really read and really think about it, there's an interesting strategy that the servant has with this request, right? He, he knew that the response of that person that would come and do those things would indicate that this woman would be hospitable, right? She would be thoughtful. She would be kind, right? That's exactly the type of gal that we hope to find for Isaac. And so right away after the prayer, Rebecca shows up at the well. The, the, the text says in verse 16 that she's very beautiful, right? She's easy on the ass. We'll just put it that way. And, and then the servant says, please give me a, a drink of water from your jar. You can probably guess what Rebecca's response is, verses 19 to 20. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water from your candles also. And until they finished drinking. And so she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water. And she drew uh, for all the candles. So, so the servant's watching her. Right? He didn't say anything. And while the Bible describes in verse 21, the man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. It's like, there it is. Her answer. So, so he thanks her by giving her a nose ring. I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to call it what it is. And two bracelets. And then he asks her, well, like, who is her father? As it turns out, her father is a guy by the name of Bethuel, whose father was Nahor, and then his father was Terah, right? That should ring a bell. Because he was the father of who? Verse 27, blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, 
who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness towards my master. As for me, the Lord has led me away to the house of my master's kingdom. So Rebecca goes home, and she tells her family to start getting ready because there's company that's going to come. Rebecca has a brother that's got a name of Laban. And when he sees the expensive jewelry that she's wearing, he herself as well. So he extends a warm welcome to the visitors. By the way, we'll get to know Laban a little bit later in a few weeks. And so when the servant arrives, Laban invites them in to eat. But the servant's like, I'm going to tell you why we're here. Laban's like, all right. Go ahead, tell us why you're here. And so the servant then tells the entire story about Abraham and Sarah. They have a son in their old age. Now Isaac's grown up, they're getting married. How Abraham wants to make sure that he marries the girl from the homeland. You know, all the stuff he just kind of lays it out at one. So, so then Laban asks, or then the servant asks Laban for permission to take Rebecca back to Isaac so they could get married. And then Laban says this. He, he's like, okay, I can, I, I can see the Lord is in this, so, so that's good. You have my blessing so she can go, but she can go in like 10 days. Like, what? Just wait, why are we waiting 10 days? So, not sure why Laban wants her to stay. Maybe he had a hard time seeing her go. Maybe he was trying to negotiate a better deal for himself. That was a thing back then, right? Either way, the servant says, we need to go right away. We can't stay 10 days. So Laban says, okay, let's see what Rebecca wants to do. And so verse 58, 59, they call Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she says, I will go. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and her grand servant, and his man. And so remember, Isaac is living at home in the desert, which is now like southern Israel. And he goes out one night to take a walk in the field just to kind of think and pray. This is the first mention of Isaac, by the way, since he was left on the top of Mount Moriah. Right? We see nothing of Isaac from the time he was rescued from death to the time that he was united with his bride. And in the distance, he sees these. His camel's coming, and so he starts to walk in that direction. And Rebecca kind of catches his eyes there, and, and so she asks the servant, Who's this guy that's coming towards us? And the servant said, he, He's my master. In other words, that's the guy that you're going to marry. And so Rebecca quickly covers her face with the veil, because that's what she knew back then. And she's introduced to Isaac, and shortly thereafter, their husband and wife. And I love the way the New Living Translation words the final sentence of our story, verse 67. And Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother's Sarah's tent, and she became his wife, and he deeply, uh, or loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Okay, we see 67 verses in like 500 years long. I mean, it's a great story. There are a couple of things happening, happening throughout the narrative that I want you to grab a hold of here. Number one, the hand of God is at work at, the, at these events as they unfold, right? God 
to be moved along by the hand of God. God's plan will be fulfilled. Isaiah 46, 10, if not your notes, you can jot down the margin of says this, only I can tell you the future before it even happens, God says. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. So God gets to do what he wants to. Question is, where will you be when it happens? Are you going to be on the inside taking part? Are you going to be on the inside doing God's will? Or are you going to be on the outside looking in? The servant Rebecca and Isaac made sure that they were on the inside doing the will of God. And I think we can learn something for them. In the time we have remaining, I just want to take a look at these three and just kind of see what we can learn from the left. So I think we know she's got some following me. And yes, I finally got there. Our objective this morning is not to find a way to get God to fit into our plans. The objective is for us to find a way to fit into life His plans. And I think these three people give us a great example to follow. So, so the first one is the servant. Abraham gives this man a tremendous task, right? Find a wife for my son. By the way, no pressure. Future of Israel is, is at stake, but you know, whatever, go and, and do this. And the servant just goes out the right way. When Abraham asks him to make an oath that he would do his job, he takes the oath. Well, when, when, when Abraham says, make sure that, that you know, you get the right person, he's good on the details, right? Like when asked if she won't come back, can I take Isaac there? No. Okay, got it. That's what we're going to do, right? The servant plans it, he prepares for the journey, he takes a team of people with them, all the valuable stuff, so when he arrives at his family's house, he's not empty-handed, and even more importantly, he makes it a matter of prayer, right? Verse 12, remember he said, oh Lord, this is the prayer, God and my master Abraham, please grant me Just imagine what would happen in our lives if we were just able to say that. Like, 
not all about me. Right? It's about God. It's about what God has told me to do. Harry S. Truman was the first to be put into saying this. It's amazing what you can, can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. The attitude that God can use is one that says, I'm not important. I don't need to be important. Just tell me what my job is not going to do. That's the servant's attitude. And it's no wonder that that can use All right, second one is your Bible. But so now we've gone through this whole story. You kind of see why God would use her, um, why he would choose to bless her in such a tremendous way here. Like Eleazar, she does everything well. Right? She meets the guy for well and, and gets the water. Right? She doesn't know him. She asks him for a drink, or he asks her for a drink. She responds with kindness. Now I'm going to like you drink all the water. And when Eliezer asked for water, Rebecca could have said, she could have said, look, it's a problem. Like, go to it, man. Or she could have had a sigh and say, I guess so, here, here you go. Right? She could have said those things, but instead, her response was to go above and beyond. And so when it came to this side, whether she could actually go with Eliezer and Mary Isaac in this foreign land, right? Some guy she's never met. She's like, I'm in, let's go. Rebecca shows a remarkable willingness to leave everything she knew in order to marry a guy she's never seen. Right now, in your notes today, the words, I will go, because those words are worthy of faith. Reminds me of Isaiah. Remember Isaiah 6, what he said? Send me, Lord. Send me. The covering of the veil signified chastity, modesty, that, that's how Rebecca wanted to meet the man that she would marry. And then, then after she becomes Isaac's wife, right? She, in the words of the Bible, last part of verse 67, so Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Well, like most people in the same situation here, operating from a home, married to a stranger, you would think that they would be needing comfort themselves. But, but now Rebecca, right? What is she doing? She understands that her husband is hurting, and she helped him find peace, right? She comforted him. And God was able to, to use Rebecca, and she was a strong woman with a servant's heart. And I just say, do we really have a servant's heart? Her attitude might be described this way. I will serve and strengthen those that God brings into my life, wherever it may take me. And I think, is that the cry of our hearts today? Now, are we here to God, just use me. I just want to serve you today. I'll go wherever you want to go. Reminds me of the man of our life. A little bit. <laughs> Cry of 
my heart? Or are you like, put me in, God. Send me, I'm ready to serve you any place, anytime you want. And let me say this, your reward is you stand before God in heaven, way better than the 20 million other dollars of God. Way better. And know this today. Being a servant doesn't mean you start serving. That doesn't mean you bless anyone else. Being a servant is not a sign of weakness, but rather a sign of strength. And when you do that to serving others, you will find God hard at work in the details of your life. All right, third one. We're going to wrap it up. Third one is Isaac. Chapter 24, Isaac plays a small part, but it's an important part in this story. As I said earlier, Isaac's out in the field, he's walking, he's meditating. The Hebrew word here can also be translated as prayer, it can also be translated as complaining or lamenting. Right? In other words, well, what I think Isaac is doing in the stars is he's walking, he's pouring his heart out to God. He's laying it all on the line. He's distraught over the death of Sarah, knowing that, that his dad Abraham is, is close to death. Right? Time's on his side for sure. He's uncertain about the future and how he can faithfully carry on his father's name. And then comes Rebecca. She's godly. The Bible says that he loved her deeply. First part of 67. And Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah's mother, took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Which is really cool because back then, Marriage was more of this practical arrangement rather than a romantic adventure. And Isaac and Rebecca really had both, right? He loved her and she comforted him. And have you ever noticed when you see comfort, you have to open your heart to that person? You have to be transparent. And that's really who Isaac is, right? He's transparent with God, with his wife. He's generous with his heart. He's not afraid to love. God was able to bless Isaac with a woman like Rebecca because I, I believe that his heart was just open for it. He was ready for it. Here's the takeaway for today. If we want the hand of God to move in our lives, we need to open our hearts to God and those that his place in our lives. Isaac's contribution to the story today can be said in probably one short sentence. He really just said, God, here's my heart. What I think God is doing is He is waiting for us to say the very same thing. Are we willing to stand before God today and say, This guy here's my heart? You know, God had a plan throughout Genesis for the people of Israel. I want to tell you today that God has a plan for us today. He has a plan for this church, He has a plan for our community, He has a plan for your family. The question is are you going to take part on the outside looking in? Or you can take part on the inside of the world of God in your life. Isaac and Rebecca were perfect. We're going to see that in a few weeks. But there's a reason why God was able to use them. The lesson we've learned from them is that if you and I be our, put ourselves on the back burner and put the work of God and what He's told us to do on the front burner, that's when God can use us. Alright? Alright. I only got to thank you for your words today. Got our desire. 
this morning, and really nothing more than less than the walk according to your love. So God, we face difficult decisions. Would you please keep us out the center of the Holy Spirit? Guide us in your wisdom and your goodness. God, we like to recognize it. And we learn this lesson of serving you. Of serving others. So that you can use us exactly the way you want to use us. Not the way we want to be, but the way you 